Welcome to the Patricia King Podcast, a podcast where we explore God's vast love for all of us, as well as current and relevant prophetic insight to enrich your soul. Now, here is Patricia King. You know, we honestly don't know when the Lord is coming back. No one knows the day or the hour. And it was the wisdom of God, really, that Jesus didn't clarify that, right? But in his day, he spoke as though it could happen any time. And when we read the scriptures today, we read it as though it could happen any time. You know why? Because it can. His, his, his coming could be this afternoon. And I guess a big question that we could ask ourselves every day is, are we in him? Are we ready for his return? And if he comes back for a bride, and I don't know what everyone's eschatology is, and, and Dustin and I were talking about this just this last week, because there's, there's so much that we can glean from the scriptures, and I've heard a lot of the, the various um, pers- perspectives on it. And I see that there's biblical precedents for it all, you know, but it, it, it's like they're all different. And so the bottom line is, though, like, if Jesus were to come for his bride today, are you ready? Is your heart set apart for him and only him? Because I'm telling you, in these next number of years, there's going to be change in the world as you know it. It's not going to be the same anymore. I'm not saying it's going to be bad for us. It's always good in the Lord. He makes everything work together for good for us. So there's always going to be the goodness of the Lord shown to us. But it's going to be different than we've ever known before. So the things that that the masses have put their trust in will crumble before them. Everything that can be shaken is already being shaken. But we haven't seen the end of the shaking yet. We're only seeing the beginning. So in that shaking, when we're fastened to the Lord, we have everything. We are secure, we're founded, we're, we're at peace, we're in joy, because all those things are in him and in him alone. You will not find your joy, you will not find your peace, you will not find your strength in anything but him in these, in these coming days. And it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful opportunity to know him in deeper realms than you've ever known him before. He's going to reveal himself to you powerfully, so chase after him. Set your heart toward him. And if you're struggling with that, if you're feeling dull or a little bit wayward or or backslidden in your heart, just ask Holy Spirit to help you. Cry out to him. This whole month, cry out to him and say, Holy Spirit, help me get back to my first love. Help me. He's there to help you. He sees your heart and your longing, and he will answer that prayer. He will give it to you. But make it a focus this month. This This is going to be a very defining year. And we will be defined by the one who we gaze at. Amen. So let's gaze upon him with all of our heart. We want to pray for Pastor Francisco this morning. He is um, at home receiving healing. And, um, you know, when, when we get attacked with, you know, let's say a virus or a cold or an accident or something like that, um, we're always going to be in a fighting mode, in a resisting mode, right, to that and receiving the goodness that the Lord has for us. So we never say, oh, I caught a cold, right? 
You don't want to catch it. No. You want to throw it. I'm throwing away a cold, right? You know, it's all about perspective here. So um, anyways, we just love Pastor Francisco and pray for him this morning. There was a lot of changes this morning. We've been learning to really walk in what we refer to as a team, the Gumby anointing. You know how Gumby is so flexible and bendable. And uh, this morning, you know, we had uh, different members of our worship team who couldn't be here. So we had to change everything around. And people just jumped in at the last moment and and uh, made it all happen because they were just giving themselves to God. And Pastor Francisco did such a great job of um, organizing everything at the last minute so that we could, um, you know, just, just be here for you and lavish you with his goodness. So he sends his love and... Um, and we're so excited about him catching an amazing healing. I'm going to um, share um, a word that I received in December. Um, and I think I actually um, shared it in December with you. Um, but it was a word for um, 2022. And it was about the Lord's provision because... In this coming year, years, not just this year, but the next number of years, you're going to see a lot of shifts in world e economic um, measures and ways and the way things are being done. Things are going to look a bit out of control in many ways, and it'll perplex many. It'll shake many to the core. It'll frighten many. But I received a word from the Lord, and it was clear. It was almost an audible voice. And he said, I will supply. Tell my people that I will supply. And, of course, that's uh, backed up by uh, Philippians 4.19, where it says, Our God shall supply all, whatever your needs are, he will supply them. According to what? According to the economy? No, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But you have to intentionally turn your attention to, to, to the truth. Because the enemy could easily just taunt you with fear, like, how am I going to make it? How am I going to pay bills? Uh, what if I lose value on my house? What if I can't look after my children? All those taunting lies of the devil, right, that put fear in us. And we have to say, no, my God will supply all my needs. I'm just going to follow him every day, and he's going to look after me every single day. I might not understand everything that's going on, and I don't really care about any world economy because I'm in kingdom economy, and I'm going to look to the one who supplies because Jesus said, I will supply. And I want you to say out loud, he will supply. He will supply. Amen? He's going to supply for you. And then the other word he gave me is, I will open my storehouse to you. And that's out of Malachi um, 3, verse 10. And that's a word for those who, who give the Lord the first and the best, which is the tithe. A tithe means 10%. God didn't actually initiate the tithe. Abraham did. Um, just out of his, his love for God, he gave God a tenth of the spoil that he received, and God loved it. It touched him so deeply that Abraham would love him like that and give him the first and the best. So it touched him and moved him to actually expand the blessing of Abraham's blessing. You can see the progression of that after Abraham gave him the tithe. And so it just touched him. It moved him. And he, he wanted that, that movement of his goodness over the whole nation. 
of Israel. And so that's why he had to put it in the law. He actually put it in the law so that all the people would be able to receive the moving heart of God's blessing over them as they gave him the first of the best, that they would understand what it is to passionately love him and receive the, the blessing that comes from that. And so it was, it was uh, put inside the law, not only for individuals, but that, so that the whole nation would be blessed. And that's why he says, bring all the tithe, not just a portion. You don't say, well, there's 10%, but maybe I'll give 3% to something else, and I'll give you know 5% to buying pizzas for everybody or whatever. He says, no, bring all the tithes into where? The storehouse, uh, speaking of the place where you're fed, um, so that um, so that there'll be meat in the house, so that the needs of the house, the needs of the progress of the kingdom will be met. And we must never forget that. I remember when, when Ron and I were being tested in our finances years ago, it was never, ever an option for us to, to withhold a tithe. And there was times when we had no food on the table, but we never thought, well, we're not going to, you know, give God what, what, what he, he is worthy of this week because, you know, we got to buy some groceries for the kids or whatever. We never even, you know, it never even crossed our mind. God always got the first. And, um, and we are seeing the benefit of that now at the time. Honestly, we didn't see immediate benefit always right away. And some of you are wondering, why am I not seeing immediate benefit? But you see, it's coming because whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And in Shiloh, we want to really encourage you and all of you who are connected to Shiloh, those of you in our, our web church, those who are um, committed to, to um, receiving from our online um, uh, services, we want you to know that you will will be blessed. The heavens, the storehouse of heaven, will be open upon you in this season, as God has promised um, to do for those who give Him the first and the best. And then on December the fourteenth, I received this this promise, and it's out of Psalm thirty-seven nineteen, and He says, "Even in a time of disaster." I will watch over you, and you will always have more than enough, no matter what happens. You can take that word to the bank. I want you to write it down, keep a record of it, and you you know pull it out, meditate on it, because this is where you're going to walk in this next decade. You're going to walk in the goodness of the Lord. This is a promise for all of his covenant children. So I wanted to encourage you with that. Um, I believe, um, as I've been praying for uh, for uh, the Lord's goodness, I'm, I'm saying raise my expectations so I can do more for you in this coming year. I can accomplish more for you. I can see more done in the kingdom more than ever before and receiving greater blessing than ever before because the more blessing you receive, the greater anointing you'll have to be a benefactor to be able to bless others and so just go after it go after it okay I just want to encourage you not to just sit back and wait for life to pass you by but to create the realm of his goodness just want to in encourage you in that um, so we're going to uh, with that we're going to receive our tithes and our offerings this morning and let's sow into this year Let's sow with intentionality this morning. Um, you have uh, envelopes in the back of the seats. They look, they look like, not like that. They look like a Shiloh envelope. And, um, and if you don't have them in the back of the seat, put up your hand 
so that you can have the ushers uh, get you one. So just put up your hand if you need an envelope and we'll get one to you. And there's five ways to give this morning. You can uh, give through the Realm app if you have that on your phone. There's uh, recurring giving that you can get uh, set up. Uh, there's the online um, that you can uh, give at shilohfellowship.com. And a lot of people really love texting the word seed to 73256. I think that's so prophetic, right? You, you just type that word seed. And what happens to a seed? It grows and it multiplies, right? So as you're giving it, it's like seed, you know, and you push the send button and it goes to Jesus. Amen. And then, of course, if you're in person here, you can use the envelopes this morning. And um, uh, so you can prepare your offering. For those of you that are online, we want to thank you so much for your giving and want to encourage you to really sow largely this year into your future. And um, if you find Shiloh good ground to sow into, and if Shiloh's been a place that feeds you, we just encourage you to uh, sow into this ministry. Thank you. Also, I believe that it's on every seat this morning. There's there's a um, information card, and I want you to take it in your hand right now and look at it, and there's also pens there for you. So pick up the card and pick up the pen, okay? You can all do that right now. And if you don't have one on your seat, put your hand up and we'll get you the card and the pen. And what we want you to do is, as I'm giving um, some announcements in a few moments, we want you to, to fill this out. And this is for everyone to fill out. Even if you've been coming to Shiloh for years, we want updated information. And uh, we're building um, a very special uh, database so that we can make sure that you're well prayed for, well covered, well ministered to. And so on here, it says that you can check if you're new. You check that. So if this is your first time visiting us today, or it's your um, maybe second or third time, but you never filled out a form before, push I'm new, you know, or check it. I'm not on a computer right now. Okay, this is... This is, yeah, okay. Or I'm visiting, I'm just visiting. Um, this is, you know, just I'm passing through and I'm visiting, put that there. But if you are a regular attendee or you want to be a regular attendee, uh, then uh, check off that. So if you could all do that right now, that's great. And then you write your name and we always do it in a readable format um, because our team is very anointed. But sometimes... You write in tongues. And so then we need an interpretation of tongues to figure it out, right? And, um, you know, we're growing in our interpretation skills. So just make it easy for us and write it very clear. And your full address, your city, zip, uh, your phone number. We'd love to have your birthday so that we can celebrate you. Your email, if you're uh, married, your spouse's name. Um, and, and their birthday, and if you have any children and their names, so that we can really um, do a good job of blessing the families in, in this congregation. So you can be busy right now filling out that as well as um, the preparation of your tithe and your offerings. This is going to be such a great year for um, Shiloh and for um, all of um, those that call Shiloh their, their church home. I want to also this morning especially welcome all of our Web Church family. We just love you so much, and 
coming up for you this month is going to be the special uh, mentoring course, the eight-month mentoring course for the Shiloh members. It's exclusive to Shiloh Church, uh, Web Church members. And um, if you're watching and you're not part of the Web Church, or if you're part of the online congregation and you want to be in on that, you can join the Web Church too. Just go to the Shiloh uh, uh, Fellowship uh, uh, page, and there's um, a a little tab there that says Web Church. Click on that, and it'll give you all the information on how to join. It starts on the 16th of this month. It'll be on demand for those of you who cannot make it live, but it's twice a month, and it's going to be an eight-month mentorship. It's going to be amazing, and so you can sign up for that by uh, going on shilohfellowship.com. Go to the uh, Web Church tab. Join the Web Church, and we would love to be able to mentor you. The eight-month mentorship is about strengthening your core of who you are, your identity in Christ, um, discovering your why, like what is your purpose, and also giving you tools to strengthen you spiritually, uh, but in your soul and your body as well, so that you can be a light, a great light for the Lord. So again, you can just go on the Web Church, uh, or, or the um, Shiloh um, fellowship page and get information on, on the web church. Okay, and then um, I'm on the wrong text here, but Francisco, Pastor Francisco wanted me to make some announcements today because we have so much coming up. And how many of you came out for the amazing ministry we had Wednesday night? <laughs> I know online a lot of you did too. That was crazy, right? So apparently a woman ran into a pole, or maybe it wasn't a woman. I, I don't know for sure it was a woman. Someone ran into a pole, and, um, and, and, it, and it damaged a transmitter that put our power out. It didn't look like anyone else's power was out, but ours went out. And, um, and it was just before our worship team was getting all prepared for... Um, practice and praying and our intercessors were here everybody was here I mean we were just going for it and the power goes out so we waited and waited on making a decision we finally got word back from the electric company saying we have no idea when the power is going to go back on it could be hours from now and so we thought well we're just going to commission everyone to go out and do outreach and so we prayed for you in the parking lot and whatever and uh, you know people were doing prayer drives and going out to the restaurant and ministering to the waiters and stuff, and, and, and it was fun, so we made it good. But how many of you feel so empowered by that opportunity, right? <laughs> well, we're so grateful. And then at 7.30, it went on. After we commissioned everyone to go out in the highways and byways, the power went on. So, I mean, it's laughable. It says the Lord sits in the heavens and laughs, right? All right. So what's starting tonight, is, as Pastor Dustin mentioned at the opening, we're starting our Operation Prayer Strike tonight. It's a 12-week teaching that we want to encourage every Shiloh night to come out to. And those of you that are online in the web church, uh, we're going to be uh, putting it on the Facebook, on the Shiloh Facebook, so you'll be able to uh, watch it as well. And I'm going to open it tonight. Um, so we want every Shiloh night to be 
real excessive in prayer. <laughs> we we want to be on steroids in prayer um, because we're going to have a lot of things to pray for this year, but we want to be so effective that the answers to prayer actually manifest as the prayers coming out of our mouth. Amen? So we're going after it. We're just going after it. 12 weeks of all different kinds of teaching on different types of prayer and that. And then we're all also offering an internship for anyone that would like to uh, be part of the core, and we'll 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 share more about that later because we're we're developing a core team of intercessors who actually give birth. The priesthood in the Bible were ones that went before the people and 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 went on behalf of the people and birthed the purposes of God and opened up the sea so that everyone else could go across and. And an intercessory role is really powerful. So you'll be able to apply for that. We'll give you more information on that, but it's going to be good. And that will be led by Kay Franklin, our mighty general of intercession in the house. <laughs> and, um, and it's going to be good. So that starts at 6 o'clock tonight. Is it going to be here, Dustin, in this room? Or it'll be in the NPR. Okay. I have a feeling we might have too many people for the NPR. So then we'll move it here. Yeah, okay. I hope we'll have. I hope that was prophetic. <laughs> Get everybody praying, right? Okay, and then um, Masha training is coming up on February the 7th to the 10th. So it's 7, 8, 9, and 10. It's an intensive training on emotional healing and deliverance. And this is so important because we're bringing in a harvest and people are coming in broken. And, you know, it, it's like they need to be set free. They need to be healed. So sign up for Masha how do they sign up for that, Desiree? To our website. Okay. Go on, on uh, uh, patriciaking.com and to the events uh, tab, and you can sign up for it there. And then, um, and then coming up also is the uh, Women in Ministry Network, um, our Love Roar. Now, I think that's pretty much almost full on site. There might be a few places left that you can register for or you can register online. It's going to be amazing. And then uh, what is God saying for 2022? That's coming up on January the 30th. We're doing a wind and fire right here. We've got different prophetic voices that are going to be um, speaking over us that night. Uh, Cindy Jacobs has a word for us. James Gall, um, uh, Jeremiah Johnson, and Jane Hammond, right? And it is Ryan? Ryan, too, okay. So uh, it is going to be an amazing time. So just want to encourage you to um, mark all those dates on your calendar, and they're on the bulletins probably as well, too, right? Let's pray over our offerings, and then we'll have the uh, ushers come and serve you in the receiving of them. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to to give, to give lavishly and generously to the one that we are gazing upon, the, the one who has the most important place in our lives. And so it's our honor to give to you, to pour into you for the advancement of your kingdom, and to, to cause your heart to be filled with delight. We give this to you in love, in Jesus' name. Amen. And the ushers will uh, be happy to... Um, serve you in the receiving of that. All right. Hmm. All right. Well, I have a word for you this morning. Um, and it's for... Uh, 
just a minute, I better not talk and type at the same time. I'm one of these people who, believe it or not, cannot multitask. Everyone says, oh, Patricia, how do you get so much done? You're, you're, you're a multitasker. And I said, far from it. I cannot multitask. I have to keep my mind on one thing. I don't hear anything else. I don't see anything else. I only see that. And then I can go on to another thing and another thing. But I can't do it all at once. So just a little trivia on, on my life. <laughs> okay, so my message is called A Call to War. And it's actually born out of a prophetic word that the Lord gave me on December 30th, just before the new year. And I feel that this is a very, very important word. And this morning, I want to give you a position uh, to live from in 2022. I woke up um, early in the morning to the voice of the Spirit. It was almost audible. It was inner audible. And it was, when kings go to war. Just, just that statement. When kings go to war. And that is a scripture out of Second uh, Samuel 11.1. 1. And the backdrop of it is um, that in the spring, the kings went to war. So the kings of the different regions would choose a time in the spring to go to war. They probably chose it in the spring because maybe better weather conditions, whatever. I don't know why they chose the spring, but every spring they would go to war. But the significant thing is they did not go to war to defend their territory. They went forward aggressively to possess and occupy new territory. That was their expectation, that in this time of war, they would go out and say, woohoo, it's wartime. What are we going to possess and occupy? And so David, he was a mighty warrior. He was always conquering territory. He was a man of war, a true man of war. And he would always go out and conquer territories. It was, it was a joy for him. It was, you know, he was happy to be a warrior. And God wants you to be happy to be a warrior. Okay, he wants you to understand that you're a king. It says so in Revelations 1 6, just in case you didn't know who you were, he says that you are kings and your priests. Okay, so if you're a king, which you are, then you, you have to be ready for war. You go to war. Okay, and of course, we're in a spiritual battle, not a natural battle. We're not talking about a natural fight, we're talking about a fight in the spirit. Now, in this particular passage of scripture, David did not go to war that year. He sent his troops on, but he did not go to war. He stayed home. I don't know why he stayed home. Maybe he thought, you know, his, uh, you know, maybe he thought he just didn't need, need to go. Maybe he was lazy. Maybe he was burned out and tired. I don't know. But he stayed home when he should not have stayed home. And as, as a result of him not going to war in the time of war is that he came under attack. Instead of him aggressively attacking and possessing land and territory, he was attacked by the enemy and he was conquered in an area of his life. And you know the story of how he fell with Bathsheba and he killed Uriah and, and all of that. So it was a devastating thing. And I felt the Holy Spirit say when I was pondering this word, when kings go to war, I felt him say that we must in this hour be engaged in the battle that is before us. And if we aren't, there could be serious consequences such as David experienced. We have to position ourselves for war. And you might be like me saying, no, I don't, want, I don't feel like I'm in a fighting mode right now. 
But whether you feel like it or not, we have to understand that we've been given a place to stand and to fight. And that doesn't mean we have to strive in the fight. It doesn't mean we have to use our own, own energy or our own um, strength. We've, we've got a king inside of us who is a king mighty in battle and mighty in war. But the Lord says we have to have a focus. Now, when we, we came into this new era in 2020, I brought a word, and it's in my book, uh, Prophetic Manifesto. The Lord gave me this word in the summer of 2019, just before Rosh Hashanah. And he said, in this new era... It is not going to be a time of peace. It will be a time of war. And he said, in the last era from 1950 through to 2020, it was a era that was filled with grace and glory and goodness. It was, it was an era full of ease for the most part. And I'm not going to unpack that all because I've already done that with you previously. But he says, this next era will be different. It will be an era of war. And there will be hardships in this era. And there will be things to overcome in this era. And he says, you live differently in a time of war than in a time of peace. When you're in a time of war, you must be more diligent. And whether you want there to be a war or not isn't the issue. The thing is, there is a war, and you have to be aware of it. And whether you want to be more vigilant or more diligent isn't the, isn't the point. It is like we have to be. You know, we, we have to posture ourselves right. And we can do that without striving, but we just need to understand the discernment of the time. So in it, I felt the Lord say, posture is important. The kings who went to war, as I said earlier, did not go out with a defensive posture. And a lot of times we can do that. We'll feel beaten up by the enemy. Oh, this is bad. That's bad. The other thing's bad. And like I said earlier, we see the cup is half, half empty and we're being all negative and everything. And we're backed into a corner and we feel like we're just trying to push the enemy away and keep him out of our corner. But that's not the position we are to have in this war. We are to be like a true king in this war and say, I'm going out to take territory. I'm not going to let the enemy back me into a corner. In fact, I'm not backed into a corner. And I am more um, the devil's enemy than he is mine. He's more afraid of you than you're afraid of him. You can do more damage to him than he can do for you. And so we need to start understanding who we are as a king and a priest and be ready to go out to stand and to fight and take back territory. And so we need to be on the aggressive. We need to be on the offense. We need to, to rise up and say, no, we're, we're just going for it. We will not be defeated. And that is the mindset that David had, right? Even as a shepherd boy out in the field, no one, no one even really knew he was out there. The family didn't even consider him when, when Samuel was looking to anoint the king. But he wasn't in self-pity or anything. He was just training for war. And when the lions and the bears came to devour the sheep, he saw that as an opportunity. He didn't say, oh, no, I'm out here all by myself. and My family just stuck me out here in the midst of all this warfare. And no one cares about me. And, you know, everyone's letting me go downhill. And I don't know what I'm going to do because the bear's so big and the lion's so big. No. He looked at the circumstances. He says, God and me is a majority here. 
God plus nothing equals everything I need. And this lion that has come into the camp here is an opportunity for me to prove who I really am. And this bear that's trying to devour the sheep and could possibly try to devour me is no match for me and God partnering together. And he slew the lions and the bears, and he learned how to work that sling. He learned how to use the weapon. The Lord gave me a book in my spirit just recently. I haven't had a book for a couple of years in my spirit, but he gave me one recently. And it's on weapons of warfare. I'll be writing it this year. Because when you learn to use your weapon like David did, he had absolute confidence in going before Goliath. Now, there's Goliath. He's nasty. And he is big. He's bigger than anyone in Israel. He is bigger and more mightier than any of the army of Israel. And they're all, ah. you know, the king's saying, who go out and fight him? And not one of them offered. Not one of them. <laughs> He's so big, and we're so little. And they were looking at themselves. They weren't looking at God, so they wouldn't go after him. They wouldn't go to war against this giant that was taunting the whole nation. The whole nation was about to be overtaken by the Philistines because not one man could be found until David showed up. The one who didn't allow himself to get offended by his family or by not being given a place at the table. The one who was alone with God, choosing to learn and be with God, that God plus nothing was everything that he needed. This one, this one came out and looked at this big giant, and he was probably smaller than most of the others in the army. David was probably smaller. And he looked at this giant as though he were a grasshopper. And he said, wow, why is this uncircumcised giant? And the, the, the key about the circumcision there is that the circumcised ones, which were the Israelites, they had a covenant with God. And it was a covenant of victory. It was a covenant of glory. It was a covenant of blessing. But the giant didn't have that covenant he was an uncircumcised Philistine. He was of the enemy camp. And he had no covenant with God. And so David thought, what are you guys doing? Man, I've been out in the fields with the lions and the bear all by myself. Just God and me. And we've been tackling them down. The same God that gave me power to take down the lion and the bear. He can take care of this giant. There's no difference. Why are you allowing him to taunt you? And he said, by the way, it's time for Line My Pockets ministry. What do I get? What's the reward for taking out this giant? He actually has that. He had so much confidence. And he went before the king, and the king wanted to put all this extra armor on him. And, you know, well, you can go out, but I'm afraid for your life, so here's my armor. I won't go out. You see, the kings are to be going to war, and the king did. You understand what I'm saying? Not Saul, because he wasn't really a king. David was a king. David was anointed for, for, for being a king. It was the kings that were to, to go to war. But Saul, all he did was give David his armor. And David said, no, I, I just need the name of the Lord and this little weapon I have. 
That's all I need. And he went with confidence and took down the giant. And he was the only one in the whole army that had the guts and the fortitude to see the win. And what gave him that courage? What gave him that ability? It was because he knew his God. He had gazed upon the face of his Lord. He knew his God. And whole nations will be in jeopardy if the church and the nation does not rise up as kings. If we just sit back and be religious and do our thing, you know, just go through the forms and show up on a Sunday or something and do our little duty by singing a song and putting an offering in the plate, that's not going to win the nation. We need to know who we are. We need to know God. We need to know that we are kings and priests in God, and he's called us to save a nation. David saved the nation that day. Little David saved the nation because he knew his God and he knew that he was a king. Do you know that you are a king? Do you know who you are? You're going to have to in this season. Because when you get hit, when the enemy comes and turns your power off, you can't cowl and say, oh, no, oh, the, the, the big bad devil, he's just always getting us. What's he going to go after next? You guys say, <laughs> he'll be sorry he ever tried. You try to turn the lights out, we're just going to become fireflies. And we're going to shine in the darkness like never before. We're going to release more power than ever before. We refuse to be defeated. We're going to be on the aggressive and we're going after more. And that's why you all need to come out to the prayer teaching too. Because we're going to get strong in prayer. We're going to see prayer leaders raised up who will take whole territories. Want to take territories? Yeah. Well, if you don't want to take territories, we need to lay hands and impart that <laughs> desire to you. Because every believer should want to take that for Jesus. The whole world is going to be filled with the knowledge of his glory. And who's going to do it? Who's going to do the filling? You and I are. David did in his day. When kings go to war, we must be aggressive and intentional. We must posture ourselves offensively, not defensively. And I'm not saying posture yourself with offense. I'm saying offensively. That means <laughs> moving forward. We're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. That's Deuteronomy 28, 13. This is a year of recovery. And again, I want to show you the way a true king responds when the devil lambays them, okay? So David, he goes into Ziglag. This is out of 1 Samuel 30, verses 4 to 6. I'll read it to you. He, he goes into Ziglag, and the enemy has taken all the territory. He's taken all the, all the women, the children, the gold, the, you know, just, just, just devastated the area. So David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. Now, David's two wives had been taken captive. Two of his wives had been taken away. He comes back and his wives aren't there. They're gone. How would you feel if you came home and your children were missing or your spouse was missing because some intruder came in and kidnapped them? You'd be devastated, right? And so he was looking at this situation, and it says David was in great distress because the people spoke of stoning him. They were all in distress. So when you're in distress, you want to blame someone, so let's blame the king. 
So they, they were wanting to um, blame him for all the peoples were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. So David acknowledged his pain. We need to do that. You can't ignore it. It's there. That, 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 that loss, that's very real. He acknowledged it. He, he acknowledged that he had pain. He cried. He had, had his moment of weeping and releasing his sorrow, but he couldn't stay there. And you can't stay. You were never meant to stay in a place of mourning and grieving over any loss within your life. If you do, it'll take you down. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall know his comfort. They shall know his strengthening. So that's what David did. He went and strengthened himself. How? In the Lord. He turned his face away from that which was distressing him and turned to the Lord to receive his comfort. Now, I know in this season... There's been so much loss, and a lot of us are grieving, definitely, that's healthy, to grieve a loss like that, and to, and to bring it before the Lord, and to, to have your season of weeping, but you cannot stay in that forever. There is a time when you have to acknowledge that I have to move on, and how are you going to do that? In some ways, it feels, whoops, in some ways, it feels impossible, right? It feels like I... I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it physically, emotionally. I don't know how, how to do it. So where do we go? We go to the Lord and we receive strength from him and say, only in you, Lord, can I turn, see this thing turned around. Only in you can I find my strength. And so I turn to you. So he strengthened himself in the Lord. And then he made inquiry. In 1 Samuel 30, verse 8, it says, And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band of raiders? Will I overtake them? So he asked the Lord, he was in, oh, no, Lord, I just don't know what to do. Everything's gone. Everything's lost. The gold, the silver, the women, the children, the, everything's gone. Oh, God, oh, God, I don't know what to do. No, he says, okay, God, we got a situation here. Shall I go get them? That's his response. It wasn't about being backed into a corner. It was like, if I go get them, will you be with me? That was his inquiry. He knew that there was a win, but he knew that he needed the Lord to be with him. He was looking for the confirmation of the Lord, for the Lord to speak to him. And God said to David, he answered him and said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail you will recover all. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. And so this year... This year is going to be a year to pursue your victory, to overtake the enemy, and to make the devil sorry he ever tried. I've just come through a warfare myself that was intense, very, very intense. And I've been in, in the warfare battling it for probably a couple of months now. And then as we're Pressing in on this and praying, I did a lot of praying in tongues. That's a good, good place to start when you don't know how to pray. Praying in tongues and saying, God, you're the victor. And even though your mind can go into some fearful places, you know where to go to get out of that place. You go to the Lord. And we had a breakthrough just a couple days ago. And when the breakthrough came, it was as though there was never a warfare. Just said, devil, you'll be sorry you ever tried. And this whole situation got 
better than it was before the warfare hit. In a moment of time, can't even feel the pain of the warfare, can't even feel the pressure of the warfare. But who gave the victory? It was the Lord himself, the Lord himself. And when it comes, it's so sweet that you forget the battle and the pain of the battle. You can't even feel it anymore. You just look at it like a testimony. You thank God for it. Oh, thank God for that battle. And you don't even remember the ugly moments of it. It was just too good. Amen? So this morning, I want to pray for you, that you be positioned for war in this season, and that you be happy about it. I don't want to hear, oh man, so much warfare, the devil's on my case, everything's bad, everything's ugly, it's just, oh, the devil hit me again. Even if he did, be happy about it. Woohoo! The devil hit me again. One more strike against him. I caught him in the act. He's got to restore sevenfold what he took, and I'm going after him big time. Because that's how kings respond. Kings are happy about war because they know that if they're a true king and they're with God, they possess and occupy. They don't get defeated. And we don't stop battling until we win. You say, yeah, but I fought a battle and it didn't work out. Well, just keep fighting until you win. Until. Until. Everyone say, until. Why? Because you're a king. Does that make sense? Some of you are looking at me a little bit strange. Um, maybe you don't like the message. I understand. But you have to like me. You have to love me, actually. You're commanded to. <laughs> And uh, this, is, this is the word of the Lord this morning. And it's going to help you. It's going to help you have an amazing year. It's going to help you have an amazing decade. Because you're going to rise up in your kingly anointing. And you are going to do damage on the enemy. We don't have to be swept down the current of what's coming. We're going to ride in as conquerors. We're going to stand as true kings in the battle. Amen. Stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Father, I just thank you so much for, for every Shiloh night that we have here and everyone that's watching, all the web church, all the online viewers, Lord God. I just release an anointing, a kingly anointing. And Lord, we remember that you, you are the king of kings and that you are the king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle, and you are with us. So we can't do anything but have fun in battle because you are with us. And Lord, we're going to see the spoils of the enemy. We're going to see a great harvest as a result. We're going to see nations turn around, and we're just not going to stop until we win because we believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. Anoint each one now. Anoint them, anoint their hearts, anoint their vision to see themselves as kings and priests in you. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information, resources, episodes, and more, connect with us at patriciakingministries.com.